This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. What happened when the marsupial applied for a mortgage? He didn't qualify. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent to Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred, the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And back from sabbatical, we have P.A. Lydia. Hello, P.A. Lydia. Hello, hello. So glad to have you back. And back from double secret sabbatical, we have Sensei Joyner. Hello, Sensei. Hello, guys. This is a show for people who never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347 766 4323. That's 347. Poohhead. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical stuff and uh, whatever things you can buy. What a, just don't worry about it. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, respiratory therapist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. Don't forget to check out stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all of your Amazon needs. Just go there. You can click straight through or you can bookmark it or you can uh, scroll down and see all the different things that we uh, have talked about on the show, including the Navage, the greatest invention in the world for people with nasal congestion. So check out the Navage. We're going to get a Navage machine and we're going to make uh, – uh, nurse practitioner Mel B do one, uh, you know, one application here in the in the um, in the studio, and then laugh at, at her. But we won't be laughing as hard as we would if we made her do a neti pot. You look stupid. Google image neti pot and look at how stupid those people look. You don't yeah, exactly. Since a joiner's got it, it's uh, you don't look that stupid when you're doing the Navaj. Matter of fact, you look cool. So uh, stuff.drsteve.com. Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. If there's something that you want that isn't there, email him and he'll figure something out. Yes. No, he'll he'll take care of you. He oh, does yeah. that. 
And uh, please don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. It's mostly just Tacey and me, plus old classic stuff that you can't get anywhere, some photographs that you'll never see anywhere else, uh, stuff like that. Um, it's really fun. And we have some uh, relatively inexpensive uh, tiers. And um, we're just having a lot of fun over there. So if we get up to 1,000 subs, Tacey can quit her job. And if we get up to 100, <laughs> we're not quite there yet, we will uh, do a live stream just for the Patreon people to do live That's questions cool. and answers and stuff like that. So it's going to be fun. So we're, we only started it a, couple, a few weeks ago, so I'm not upset that we're at you know 70-some subs. But uh, we would like to get it up there, and uh, I think we it's a little bit more loose and more, not uh, fun isn't the right word, but it's, it's just more loose. It's less structured. Anyway, uh, check all that stuff out. You guys got anything to plug? You want to plug your dojo or anything? Cobra Kai? <laughs> We're not that famous. <laughs> okay. You may not want to. It's okay. If you d think about it, if you want to during the uh, show, we will. You have anything, Dr. Scott? No, I think we're gonna. We, we may have a new um, sinus spray coming up soon. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll let you know. As okay. Soon as we get it. Yeah, we're working on putting some um, CBD in in with our um, nasal spray. Oh, now that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. CBD oil in with the nasal spray. Keep keep. Po I'll keep posted. Hopefully by next week. Okay. We'll be able to put it on the website. Okay. You might actually get some traffic there. Let's hope so. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. Good to see you, Sensei. Likewise. If you were taught Kung Fu, do you know what we would call you? Sifu. Sifu, that's right. Okay, very good. We're going to see. I guess he ought to know that. Hang on. Oop. Give yourself a bill. All right. That's all I got on that. I've been watching Cobra <laughs> Kai. That's how I know, I know a thing or Motion two. Motion detected oh. at the front door. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Echo. Um, Echo, tell us a joke. Did you hear about the meteor shower over the nudist colony? No, I didn't. It could be seen with the naked eye. Oh. <laughs> I have to give her an applause on that one. That wasn't the worst. Some no, of her jokes the worst. No, some are really boo-worthy. Um, anyway. <laughs> I love it. All right, very good. Well, um, PA Lydia, yes. you are drinking gin. Well, I, I was, but I have since... Stopped. So, what, I'm what ready do you to be professional. Oh, don't. That's, <laughs> don't start no, now. No, that's the wrong. Oh, I was having a little gin. This is the wrong place My face to is a little bit warm. Good. <laughs> okay, good. Because uh, DJ Mel B, last uh, last show, slammed half of a bottle of, uh, of tequila, <laughs> and my really expensive tequila, and um, which is fine. Oh. And uh, her mom called during the show, and I said, oh, your daughter's over here slamming shots of tequila. And she said, well, that's no surprise. Yeah. So I guess it yeah. wasn't. We can't bring her in too often. That I don't think the budget supports it, no. does it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Serious XM doesn't pay me enough. Oh, my gosh. It really wasn't that expensive No, I know. Stuff. I'm just being stupid. I found. But she's oh, averaging about a, a half a bottle per show. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah so. I... Um, found that did you know that you can ship hard spirits through the mail i mean you can mail order spirits now i've heard but i haven't done it but i've heard so i was looking uh, a oh. friend of mine for christmas got a bottle of this bourbon called e.h lawrence uh it's like hand you know small batch stuff and it's such a small batch that they you know they have to put the proof on, on right. there, the required and they have to write it in by hand because it's different every time and I took one sip of this, and it about blew the top of my head off in a good way. So I've been looking for it everywhere, and it's just gone. And you go to the liquor stores, well, we get it about once a year. We, can, we don't put names on the list. I said, I don't care if it's a year from now. I want it. And um, they couldn't find it. So my, my dyad partner was in... Uh, so in, in our thing, we have a medical person and then an administrator, and we're right. dyad partners. And he was in Gatlinburg, and he went to a liquor store there, and they had a bottle of it there. And he said, you want me to buy it? I'm like, Hef, hell yeah, I want you to buy it. <laughs> it was $700. Oh, and I man. said, no, no, thank you. I, it was good, but it wasn't that good. Wow. 
So uh, yeah, they're just waiting for some rich person to come through there that doesn't give a shit about money to buy it. So I went online just to see if I could find anything. There, It's everywhere. And so I found a website, and this isn't a, I mean, it's a plug for them, but I don't get anything returned, called Boozy, which is a great website name. That was a good name. And they had it, and I ordered it, and it should be here tomorrow. So and not thank, for $700, no, I'm sure. No, not even close. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, so I had no idea you could do that. I'm sure, I said, I was sure that when they got to the point where it said, oh, you're from Tennessee, never mind. <laughs> but that didn't happen. So I'm very excited. No idea you could buy hard liquor. Uh, so I'm going to be stocking up on some rare stuff. Anyway. Cool. I do want to thank uh, Sharon O'Connell from a... Uh, a company called Flax of Life. I might have to give her one of those for that. Flax of Life. Apparently they do flax products, but it's flaxoflife.etsy.com and she sent these aromatherapy neck and eye massage things and they're amazing. And uh, P.A. Lydia, I've got one for you downstairs. Thank you. Why did she uh, get something? Thank you, Miss O'Connor. Well, because... (laughs) How about I'm, me? Well, I'm going to suffer through this. Okay. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and I know it's 2022, and we're not supposed to be thinking girl, in binary right. terms anymore, but it just seems weird for me to give you an aromatherapy neck massage thing. <laughs> I right. agree. You can borrow it if you <laughs> want. All right. I'll just use Lydia. <laughs> okay. It just seems weird. I'm old school. I'm a boomer. All right. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. So anyway, all right, um, you guys have some uh, news stories. And P.A. Lydia, everyone is very excited about your return because you always bring interesting stories and people really like you on the show. And we're working on trying to get P.A. Lydia to be, if not a regular, a semi-regular. And uh, so what did you bring for us today? I'm down. Yeah. So I, I have a couple of stories that have been in my head the past couple of times that have, I've come okay. and haven't been able to share them. Uh, you always say, oh, you know, we'll, we'll always, do like Howard Stern. We're going to clear out the computer. OK, well, they'll they'll go well <laughs> together. You all. I always ask you, as you know, like, what can I prep? And you just say weird and gross. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, the two uh, best stories that I have, uh, both are a bit sexual. <clears throat> Number one uh, might be well, some good. Well, never mind then. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> my mom doesn't. My mom won't be calling into this show because she doesn't know how. <laughs> I don't tell her. Um, so the the first will have some good STD awareness. So uh, back when I worked in urgent care, I was treating this lady for chlamydia. Okay. And treated her. Like, did you talk to your husband about this? Because I would treat their whole family. Okay, now you're getting real close to some HIPAA stuff here. Why don't we say you heard about this from now on? Yeah. You so he- I heard about it uh, back. It was it was several several years ago okay. in another state. But okay. Anyway, uh, this lady would come in, and I said, you know, you got to talk to your husband. We got to treat. Uh, and no, no, my husband, uh, he knows I got it from a toilet seat. Like, okay, well, we know that that's not true, but anyway, right. treated, uh, taken care of both parties. Several weeks later, she comes back. Like, a few weeks later, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, yeah. again, we learned this lesson. Uh, she says, no, I swear uh, I haven't been with this other person again. Uh, my husband was treated. Anyway, she had failed to wash her uh, sex toy. Wow. And had uh, re-inoculated herself. That's interesting. Uh, With chlamydia? Really it can quickly live that after. Uh, I don't remember the exact time span, but it was well, it was close enough. Unless, unless, unless she just she kept fooled. using it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Or unless she was lying to me as well. Fomite um, transmission chlamydia. Let's look that up. Let's well, look that and re- see. I could have been uh, fooled. I could have been duped all this time. Uh, fomite, such as a non-porous plastic surface, may serve as a potential vector for the transmission of chlamydia infection to the eye, okay, especially under humid conditions. This new information may prove useful in counseling patients and their sexual partners. So, yeah, chlamydia, this is from uh, it's a PubMed article from uh, the uh, journal Cornea, but this would apply to any mucous membrane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just says chlamydial conjunctivitis disease associated with venereal transmission through direct sexual contact. 
Um, it says the study explored the potential role of a fomite. So if people don't know, a fomite is an intermediary um, uh, 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 object that would be inanimate. So, uh, and when I say intermediary, I cough on a table and then the, you know, COVID sits on the table in my glob of mucus. You stick your finger in it and then stick your finger in your mouth. That would be fomite transmission because it's not direct from me to you. It's direct from right. me to the table and then from the table to you. All right. Uh, so we determined in vitro recovery of chlamydia trachomatis. Okay, so in vitro just means in the test tube, non-living. Uh, non-porous plastic surface under ambient and human conditions using the standard shell vial technique. I don't know what that is. And confirmation by direct monoclonal immunofluorescence. So they did a, a very sensitive and specific test. And uh, it said under ambient conditions, the TP50, and that's in other words, the time at which 50% of the samples were positive was five minutes <clears throat> with complete desiccation in other words, desiccation meaning drying out, occurring at 45 minutes. So unless she was just be unlikely. pounding that thing every five I minutes. I fell for it. Yeah, I think you fell for that Okay. One. You can boo me. I think you, uh, how about? You get nothing. You Good. lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> Good day. Okay, the next one uh, is is a little bit funnier. Okay. So, no, that was hilarious. That was a good one. Uh, well, <laughs> you were my naivete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next, I have a friend who's a PA that's a pathology assistant. Okay. And so... Yeah, I went to her lab one time because I, I work in oncology and she would dissect lung tumors routinely and I just wanted to see how this was done and see them in person, right? So I go into the pathology lab and I don't know if you have ever been into a pathology yes, department, of course. but it's yeah. a nice, dark... I thought uh, about doing pathology at one point. ...dungeon of a place. And I'm glad now that I didn't because my eyes are so bad I can't really see through a microscope very well anymore. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they have some trophies uh, from different surgeries and things that they just keep up in the in the lab. Yes. And in this large five gallon bucket was a very large like cucumber uh, that was just really uh, partially uh, messed up, just oh, eviscerated, okay. like half of it, like ground, and it was in a bucket uh, of preservative okay i'm like uh i asked my friend like what is this what's the deal so person had inserted it into uh the rectum well through the anus yeah quite large where where else would they get it we're talking like (laughs) except at least five inch diameter (laughs) okay one of the big farm ones yeah anyway uh thought thought better of it and inserted a drill Oh, uh, to try to pull it to back try out. to pull it back out put the drill in reverse but unfortunately perforated their oh colon oh my god oh my wrong god check answer. please <laughs> wrong answer i am too smart i am too smart goodness gracious yeah. uh so i don't i don't know what happened to the poor soul well, but people will do anything to not go to the emergency room when they've shoved a five inch cucumber up their ass yeah but just listen we and we've talked about this before if you go to the emergency room we have all agreed on this common fiction i sat on it right and and no one will blink no one will go oh yeah sure you didn't know they could just go okay well let's get it out exactly better to go and get help (laughs) yeah than to drill And, and the problem is with things like cucumbers is what people don't understand if you've ever done a a a suppository you shove it up there, and then all of a sudden the suppository goes bloop, and it, it, it pulls away from your finger. That's because of that sort of internal sphincter. You know, the top part of the sphincter muscle is round. It's sort of a like a donut. Right. And when you get it up there, the force on it will force something up into the rectum. Mm-hmm. And now you can't pull it back out again. Now, if you do that with a cucumber, there's no way you're going to be able to grab the, the cucumber to pull it back out again. Or light bulb or Coke bottle or any other stupid thing. Honey, get the DeWalt. 
Now there are, yeah, really. <laughs> how, about, how about this shop bag next time? Oh, that might actually work. That might work be better than a drill. Hey, hey, honey, get the Vaseline and the shop bag. Except, it, please, don't do that. Don't, no, I don't. Don't listen no, to please, Doctor. No, Scott. please do not. No, no, no. Because if you do do that, and I said do do, I can't do. <laughs> um, if you if you do try that, um, you're likely to prolapse your rectum. Right. Because you're not, not going to just not you're not just going to be yanking the the cucumber out. You're going to be yanking your intestine out right. with people. It. It's an exit, yeah, which is not any better than a perforated mouth. That's right, 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 Equally awful. So now, if oh, you want to do some ass play, there are toys that are made for this, and you'll notice that they are tapered on the front end, and then they get bigger, and then they get tapered down again. But then at the very end, they've got a stop. You know, a, a wide right. Rim. Uh, yeah, a rim. Thank you. That keeps it from going bloop and, and getting stuck up there. Mm-hmm. So just Look spend the, the five bucks at, <laughs> and get a you know a butt plug or a vibrating ass thing or whatever you want to get. I'm no ass whistle. No, a butt whistle. I was thinking about. Oh yeah. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> well, and you know what? Are there is there a flatus flute up there? I don't see one. Don't oh wait, one. Yeah, I do see one behind uh, the camera, but it's okay. Yeah. The Flatus Flute at flatusflute.com. We have nothing to do with Flatus Flute, but it's got my picture on it anyway. Um, has great picture. It is perfectly made for ass play because it has that tapered end, gets bigger, and then it gets small again, and then it gets really big again to hold it on the outside. Is that? Do you see? Is that what that is behind there? I hate to mess with it. I'll knock over. Okay, yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll show you one later, uh, PA Lydia. Okay. There used to be Thank one you. up there, but I think. Think, we gave um, it to somebody. Yeah. Usually that's like a, a a gift that you would get for coming here is this whistling butt plug. That's I think got Mel my, B took it. I, my think I thought it was a medical. It's not a medical. No, flatus flute. Yeah, it's a medical <laughs> yeah. thing. Well, you know, for kids, uh, for babies, they have the the gas. Uh, they kind they whistle. Really? Yeah, they truly like what they're designed to whistle. So if your if your baby's constipated, they make <gasps> these oh, little oh, oh. insertions uh, and you enter them, and then the gas comes out and it creates a whistling sound. Yeah. So what <laughs> I think what you're talking about like is the is the suppository, the rectal rocket that's got a slit in it so that you can pass flatus through it. Well, it, and it doesn't blow the suppository out. There's well, there's no suppository though. It's a plastic applicator, and then you remove it and throw it away. Why would you want the kid's ass to whistle? That's what I was going to say. Unless they just got to know they're passing gas. Yeah. If it's just It lets you know they're passing flatus. Yeah. Okay, I got it, because they can't tell you. Yeah. What kind of whistle is it? Is it like a... <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it's like one of those... You know, those ones that go... Wing, 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 wing. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that would be good. It would be good. Oh, my god, That would be fun. I'd put that in my kid's ass every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he would. Yeah, and, and that's why they're still in therapy. I'm pretty sure. Well, I won't tell the story about the 12 Barbie dolls in the guy's rectum because I've told that one too many times. But I'll tell you that one later, <laughs> PA Lydia. That's a good one. And um, But uh, when I was in oh training... Gosh. They had a wall of um, fun things and the ear, nose, and throat department. It was a big glass case, and it had all this stuff that they'd taken out of people's ears and noses. And those were pretty interesting. But nothing's more fun than something that came out of somebody's ass, though. Yeah. You know? I had a... um, Careful. I heard about someone (laughs) who was a prisoner who would always come to appointments with guards uh, and... The guards would always bring pictures of things that were in urethras. Oh, yeah. For which they previously had to carry other prisoners to the hospital for. That's another one is Hell uh, no. uterine or uterine, a urethral sounding, it's called. So if you've ever done any nautical stuff, if you're sounding, you're, you know, you've got a rope with um, knots on it. And however many knots it goes down, you can... It, you could tell how deep the water is where you are. It's called sounding. And so anything that uses a solid object to probe a depth would be called sounding. And so people will take uh, all kinds of things and shove it in their urethra. And then when you lose that, again, same situation. There's no getting it back again. 
Uh, if it ends up in your bladder, that's probably the best case. If it's half in the bladder, like um, like a paper clip, don't do that. If you do, if you do a paper clip, first thing you're going to do is you're going to braid, if not perforate, the urethra, and then if you lose it in there, half of it will be in the penis and half of it will be in the bladder. I'm assuming a dude doing this, yeah. and um, and that's a problem because now you've got all this pressure being put at that the, where the leverage is at the very end of the paper clip that's in the penis. And then a urologist has to go in there. And Dr. Scott and I have both had fiber optics to our bladder, and it sucks. Jeez. And just imagine putting yeah. a fiber optic big enough in there that's got a clamp on it that can then yank oh. something out of there. And what if it's bent? You can't straighten it out. You're just going to yank it out bent. No, it's terrible. All right. Well, this is, hey, a return to an old tradition. Return to normal. Yep. Hang on. Tacey, you're on weird medicine. Oh, are you serious? (laughs) Are you okay? Oh, no. Hi, Tacey. Uh Oh, I better better stop uh, recording and see what's wrong. We'll be right back, everybody. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, and we're back. Goodness gracious. I um, liked it better when Tacey was here in the studio all the time, but we're back to normal where she's calling and just doesn't remember that we record on... Uh, eh, it doesn't matter. She doesn't have to know my damn schedule. All right. Where were we, by the way? Anybody remember? We closing out the urethral. Butt plug. Oh, yeah. Urethras. Yeah, don't shove stuff in your urethra. Okay, next. next. Yeah, don't stick anything anywhere unless you, you know, have yeah. to. Or it was meant for that. Yes. Right. All right. You guys want to do some questions? Do we have any other stories? Scott, you got anything? Nothing interesting. I got a few things you sent me, but nothing. Okay. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, the Let's only, do one of those. Well, the, the one thing I do have. It was talking Can you talk about, into your microphone, though? 
Well, I can, but we've got a little reconfiguration here today. Let me turn this there. Okay. There we go. Now, I was just talking about a little bit of um, health, testicular health. Yes. And um, actually, the article you sent me had about five different articles in it. First one being, peeing after sex, is it really necessary? Oh, I I don't like that. That causes urethral spasm for me. Here's what experts say. For the female, it actually oh, for can the be female. It yes, can be I'm beneficial, yeah. actually. Well, I'm it, just thinking about me, of course. Of course, so, of course. Yeah, okay. Um, it it does help lessen the chances of of <laughs> urinary tract infection, <laughs> UTIs. Yeah, which is which. Well, that's is, hilarious. Why laughing. are you laughing? Well, I was that? laughing because because <laughs> PA Lydia started this whole show with talk of um, STDs and, and yeah, infections. Well, it's so so on and so forth. Okay. So. <laughs> That's how I prevent my SDIs. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pee. Pee. It's, yep. pee. Yeah, and clean your <laughs> and then clean, drink it. Yeah. And, cl- and clean your clean your toys. And don't use it again within forty five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and Doctor Steve, I don't know, I don't know if he'll remember this or not. He right, will. right. Okay, I just got that. I'm a little slow today. Hey, remember we had that guy years ago that called and and had a his dad had gotten an STD because he purchased a. A penis pump from a yard sale. Oh, I remember, remember that. that? Yeah, and hadn't cleaned it. <laughs> I, also, I think we just disproved that today. Also, probably lying. Now yes. that we know a little bit more about yes. this. Now that we know, we dug a little deeper. I got it from my penis pump. Now, yep. what happened was he got the penis pump and then went crazy and was just boning everybody he could <laughs> get his hands on, and brought home a little something extra. <laughs> a little something. That's just I'm just guessing. Yeah, I have no, no so knowledge you heard. of that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Nothing. All right, what else you got? Well, one other one you sent me was talking about um, a, a, a serious problem. It sounds like something not not so serious, but um, what uh, people with big boobs want you to know about their, their large chest and the discomfort they have. Okay. Um, this... I- I'm sorry. frankly don't care. Yeah, well, that's what that's <laughs> what some most listeners of, might. That's that's right. Well, you, oh, okay. So I, as I was reading this, of course, I mean, we all, you know, do, <laughs> deal with pain medicine all the time, and and I was reading down through there, and I have a lot of people with back pain, and, yeah. and certainly they've had breast reduction yeah. uh, surgeries. And, and well, my and, wife had that mutilation surgery, yes, and can can help, and it, and it seems like the men are the. Ones. But that was why, because she said her back hurt, and yeah. she hated. All, going to the gym and always being the that big booby girl. She didn't like that. Well, and that's kind of. I'm the, like that's what I that's what I like. Yeah, about and, it, and that's the thing is I think mostly I think the men enjoyed a whole lot more than most yeah, most of the gals. But the gist of the and st- what is that anyway? I mean, what what is I, I don't I don't even understand it myself. And, and all we can do now is keep sweat glands and keep staring at them. That's all we do. Is we, and we just and stare at them, them and, for no yeah, I know no good reason. But I don't I don't I. I I am. Listen, I am a a big boob fan, and it, you don't have to be huge, but the tit to gut ratio is is the thing that sets me off. Now that just gets your foot in the door. If I don't respect you, and then this is really true. If I I had this girlfriend, and I people I know they're just going to say, "Whoa, you're a you know a fruit or whatever," but she used to win the hot body contest at this this place called ropers back in the day and it was kind of a redneck (laughs) bar and she would win these contests week after week after week and um i liked her but i really didn't have any respect for her um not because of that but just we just didn't you know intellectually we were just on completely different wavelengths yeah we were in different worlds and um Although I think she kind of wanted to be my girlfriend, I just wasn't, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't get into it, you know? And so the, the, the boob thing gets you in the door, but I still have to have some respect for you. You're so mm-hmm. deep. I don't, I'm not, I'm not. It just, but that's just how I am. I'm hard, I don't like it. At least he knows. I don't like that. I wish that I could just have fallible gone through my life just boning everybody, but I just couldn't do it. <laughs> You, were, hey man, you got to have standards, Doctor Steve. Some standards. But do you though? I don't. I wish boob I'd, to belly boob ratio. To belly, yes, I know it's yeah, number yeah. one. That's a nicer way to say what oh, I said. Oh my gosh! Because I said tit to gut. But, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> but yeah, B squared. T to G. Right. Oh my gosh. The BBR. <laughs> I like that. 
Um, oh, my word. Yeah, so the boob-to-belly ratio. So you could be a small person but still have that boob-to-belly ratio, and that's, for whatever reason, I'm hardwired that way. Now, I have a funny feeling it's because my mom was like that. You know, Here she had a real small waist and big boobs. <laughs> well, I think all guys kind of that's where they sort of get their first sort of images of what the ideal woman should be is with their mother. Could be. I got a real weird story. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, gosh, here uh, we go. So uh, I have a similar body type to my husband's mom. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm. But anyway, he told me a story one time that. Uh, he was young in his red sports car in New York City, feeling himself, and uh, he sees this wonderfully uh, voluptuous woman walking down the street with good ratios, right? Uh, essentially like a big butt. And he starts, like, slowing down, uh, catcalling her. Turns out it was his mom. No. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. And it kind of scarred him for life, but then I always kind of thought, like, yeah, well. Well, that's lesson. because you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, he's got a type. Now he what knows. He's got a type. Now he knows. <laughs> oh, my God. So there, I, I think there is something to that with some guys. I don't, I'm not going to say every guy, but there's something to that How for sure. Funny. That's funny. That's two, two, two quiet guys in the room here. Yeah, they're uh, being awfully care to, quiet. Care to comment, guys? Oh, oh, Mom? saying shit about shit. <laughs> uh, all I will say is the further I, write, I read down this, 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 this article, they've got a bunch of gals who were interviewing. Yeah. And some of the sizes in these, these gals' chests are just incredible. This one lady, she wears a friggin' uh, it's an P. <laughs> Peacup. A peacup. That's what I said. I said, That's what you do a urine sample in. Yeah, I guess she, I guess a, <laughs> 40, 40 F and 40 N is not big enough. She can sneak into them, but a P is ideal for her. Dang. That's what I said. I mean, and, and I'm reading down through triple triple Ds and Fs and E's and all this stuff. And then this, this Now, one, the cup size is the difference between the, the chest wall and the protuberance, right? Right. Okay. So I know that um, I was going to do a thing for uh, Who Are These Podcasts, and they've got two women on there, and they were sort of competing against who had the best boobs, right? So I said, well, one measure of that would be breast volume, and there's actually a way that you can measure that without directly measuring it. You can. There's a series of measurements that you can make. Um, you know, like from the nipple to the chest wall on one side, and then there's some other stuff that you can do. And from that, you can estimate breast volume. So the plastic surgeons will use this just a screening tool when they're going to do either implants or reconstruction and stuff. And it turned out it was too complicated for them, and they didn't want to do it. But it was uh, quite fascinating. And... Um, uh, uh, that's all. It wasn't a great, no, no payoff to the story, but there is a way that you can that you can do objective measurements of breast size that is not just you know cup size and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, but as, as a member of the itty bitty boob club, I have no comments hmm. on this story. I'll let you guys just handle it. You okay, seem well, to be experts, we'll handle them all right <laughs> if they'll let us. Anything else in that article? No, no, nothing at all. All right. We're just showing Lydia how stupid Poor Lydia. All right. Poor Lydia. Why? She needs more gin. I'm fine. She needs more gin this morning. (laughs) All right. You want to answer some questions? Let's see some questions. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. Very good. Uh Uh-oh. Steve, this is Wade from Louisiana. Hey, Wade. And whoever else is in the studio with you. (laughs) Thank you. But I heard you guys talking about the pig heart that was transplanted into the guy. I had listened to another podcast that talked about a sugar molecule called alpha-gal. Oh, yeah. That all other mammals have that causes our bodies to reject their mammalian tissue. Um, There's actually a syndrome called alpha-gal allergies. Which we talked about uh, three or four shows back, and uh, we had those folks on the podcast, 
and it's called You'll Never Go in the Woods Again. So there's something about alpha-gallon. Which means you're allergic to red meat, but the developers that have developed this genetically altered pig breed that doesn't have the alpha-gal sugars in it has uh, got it approved through the FDA to sell the meat to people that have the alpha-gal uh, allergies. Well, that was the first thing I thought of when he said that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, alpha gal is uh, galactose alpha one three galactose. It's a sugar molecule, and uh, so if you get bit by certain ticks and you get activated, you can get this alpha gal allergy that makes you allergic to red meat. Except, pa Lydia, uh, uh, that meat from apes and other old world monkeys and humans. That's, oh, I was looking for this, Dan. Give yourself a bill! Cannibalism. Yep, Good that's job. actually true. Um, Good job. So primates, certain primates, right, old world monkeys, apes, and, and homo sapiens yep. don't have that. And so if you have the alpha-gal mm-hmm. allergy, you can eat bush meat, I guess, mm. you know. Or, or long pig. Did you know long pig is the push me? Push. Yeah. I love what when it's you, called. I love when you talk dirty. <laughs> oh well, I wasn't thinking that. I'm, honey, I'm, I'm going to have Mason bush me tonight. <laughs> this show's gone from from bad to worse. I'm, I'm afraid. Say that to We're Tennessee. To, see how far that gets you. I, I was going to say, yeah, we, we, we may all be in trouble later. Well, anyway. <laughs> Bush, anyway, okay. So just look up bush meat, and you'll know what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, and then long pig is the, uh, is, I don't know where that came from, but that's a term for human meat. That's a new one to me. So if you don't keep triggering the allergy when you have alpha-gal allergy, it will go away. So you have to lay off of red meat for, I don't know how long, it's like a year or two years, something like that. And then it can uh, uh, it can resolve itself. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. All right, yeah. Uh, let me see. Not all patients with alpha gal syndrome have reaction reactions to every ingredient that it contains. Alpha gal, alpha gal. But it's, uh, that sounds like a Justice Society of America <laughs> character, right? The Saturn lad, an alpha gal. Most uh, healthcare providers recommend patients with AGS stop eating mammalian meat, such as beef, pork, lamb, venison, rabbit, except for this alpha-gal deficient pork, which is, that's cool as hell. The problem is uh, alpha-gal syndrome or allergy syndrome is so rare that I don't think that they're going to have this whole industry come up where you can have all this alpha-gal free stuff unless it becomes like gluten Back in the 80s, everybody, anybody that said, well, I'm, I don't eat gluten, you thought they were a weirdo, and now it's just gluten-free stuff everywhere, mm-hmm. yep. you know. My kid has to go eat gluten-free, and he said, what am I going to eat? And it's like everything. There's mm-hmm. everything that's out there. There is now. Th- there yeah. is a gluten-free version of yep. it. Yep. Good stuff. And he said, uh, what about Cheez-Its? And it's like, yeah, okay, Auntie Annie's makes a gluten-free Cheez-It. Mm-hmm. So. I try. I try to be gluten free. Yeah, it's. I'm. I have to be mostly gluten free. If I, I'm gluten sensitive. So if I eat a lot of it, it really bothers me. But I could have like breading on, you know, chicken or something like that. You same way. Kind of a a fake gluten free. (laughs) It's not. Yeah. (laughs) Part time. (laughs) Sensitive. All right. And also, it does say here, although very rare, some people with severe alpha-gal syndrome may react to ingredients in certain vaccines or medications, so talk to your person. So, And what do you do to prevent it? Prevent tick bites. That's the number one thing that you can do. All right. Uh, let's see. That's very interesting that they did that. Let's see if you have anything that was else to say. pretty cool. And that- okay. Yes, it is pretty cool. Thank you, Matt. Good. All right. Let's try this one. Well, hello, Dr. Steve and crew. <laughs> hello. How is your New Year's? Excellent. How about oh, yours? I hope it is well. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, hey, I have another stupid COVID question. Oh, no. So I have no a stupid cousin questions. that works in, as an RN in Spokane, Washington, emergency room at a hospital. And I also have an aunt who uh, works as a, I think she's an aide or something, but she works in the emergency as well. They are both seeing more vaccines.
vaccinated cases yes. and unvaccinated. And um, I'm wondering if you, I think you've mentioned before that you are in and out of the hospital as well Yeah. Um, these days. So can you... Well, I mean, I work in the hospital, if that's what you mean. You, um, are you seeing the same thing at your hospital? And why, and also, by the way, they were seeing this before Omicron. Yeah. So, yeah, breakthrough cases. The, the vaccine we were hoping would prevent infection. It, it probably does a percentage of the time. But what it really does is help prevent serious illness. So we're seeing lots of breakthrough cases in people who are vaccinated. I was doubly vaccinated, and I got it. I had a badass case, had to get the monoclonal antibodies. But here I am, you know, no long COVID, no loss of taste. You know, that's just my case. That's a, you know, a, a anecdotal. But we're seeing this over and over again. And we are seeing increase in cases. Not interested in cases anymore. I really am not interested in cases at all because we don't track cases of um, uh, viral gastroenteritis, for example. Maybe Norwalk virus, if it's on a cruise ship, we'll track those. But, you know, we, there's just, we want to track cases that have some impact. And what really, with COVID-19 now, with Omicron particularly, is what's interesting to us is hospitalizations and deaths. And I will tell you, and I argue with this, I was on uh, Kermit and Friends with Elisa Giordana, and uh, there was a guy arguing with me on that. But here's 100% of Duke health patients in the ICU or on life-saving treatment are unvaccinated. That was in December, late December, so it's not less than a month ago. That's our, that's my informal survey in our hospital is it's 100% of people uh, who are on the ventilator uh, have not been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, natural immunity is really important, and no question about that. I've got a lot of people ask about that. Um, I think that if you've had the virus, you are in a pretty good position right now. But if you're unvaccinated and you have any risk factors at all, and even then, we see every once in a while, but it is extremely rare, we'll see someone that didn't seem to have any risk factors. They just had a genetic susceptibility to the virus. Now, that's rare. And you have to determine whether that's more rare than a, a catastrophic adverse effect from the vaccine. And, you know, that's, that, those are hard numbers to pull together. I was actually on the phone today with Pfizer about uh, trying to get some information for their vaccine. As you know, I work in hematology and uh, uh, wanted to find out about patients with ITP, immune thrombocytopenia, who got yeah, the vaccine. Explain what that is because people listen. Essentially, your immune system uh, kills your platelets. Yeah. And right. your platelets do? Uh, aid in clotting. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Pretty, pretty large role in forming clots. So with low platelets, yeah. you would be at risk of bleeding. Yeah. Um, and those people, when they have it, if they get a storm, for whatever reason, it comes and goes. And all of a sudden, when they're having an episode, they'll start bruising. And, and they, you know, there, a lot of kids who have it, the parents will know because uh, they'll start noticing bruising in places where there really wasn't any trauma. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so this particular uh, case was a, actually a friend's daughter, the, the kid is like in the early teens and had to get the COVID vaccine to be able to go to camp and had been quite stable uh, with ITP uh, with counts around 65,000, which we would think uh, bleeding risk would be less than 50,000, but really less it's than really 20,000. 20, 20, right. So anyway, got the COVID vaccine two weeks ago. Platelets are 4,000 now. Uh, and so I contacted Pfizer because we have all of these published uh, case reports of uh, episodes of ITP exacerbation after the COVID vaccine, which seems to be about 12% yeah. mm -hmm. uh, of the time. Uh, but when I contacted Pfizer and asked for all of their information, which usually when I contact them for an oncology issue, they give me like pages and pages of, of details. Yep. They were unable to provide much <laughs> information. <laughs> so really the, the, the lay people have more uh, access to information about well, sure. it. But I, I, did, I wanted to ask you, Dr. Steve, are you aware of any... Uh, Timeline on that. Yeah, there are. Um, let me see. Mm. I'm gonna have to call him back. The, I know that there are studies on this, and um, 
There's one from uh, Emergency Medicine, June of 2021, called Immune Thrombocytopenia Following COVID-19 mRNA Vaccine uh, cause Causality or Casualty. Okay, I see. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is what you got to determine, because in a lot of these kind of adverse effects like this, for example, Guillain-Barre syndrome, that's ascending neuritis for, for Sensei, uh, Sensei Joiner. Uh, those people will have inflammation of the nerves, right? And it will cause weakness in the feet, then the ankles, then the knees, and then the hips. And if it works its way up to the chest, it can cause weakness of the respiratory muscles and then those people end up on the ventilator and then it descends again later and so that's why they call it ascending neuritis or and uh so vaccines when i in the 70s people were getting the swine flu vaccine and a bunch of people got Guillain-Barre syndrome well guess what else caused Guillain-Barre syndrome that year influenza so it's the it's the uh body's response to that immune uh, uh trigger that causes the Guillain-Barre syndrome. And so, yes, the vaccine caused it, but so did the virus. So it's the it's the molecule right. itself. So I would be very interested in knowing, and I wonder if you've heard anything, P. A. Lydia, uh, whether uh, or what the incidence is of kids or adults getting exacerbations of their ITP when they get COVID nineteen. And, and have you heard anything on that? Yeah, no, I, I I meant to look that up that that exact number. I only know. I- Anecdotally, it's high enough that we always schedule routine yep. blood draws uh, very frequently after they get the vaccine, and it's always always a discussion. Well, right? that's because, the vaccine, but I'm just talking about the oh, illness, after, the illness itself. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure of the of the rate, but you know, they would just by virtue of having an autoimmune condition be yep. at higher risk of having an adverse event to COVID nineteen yep. infection. So, I always err on the side of vaccination, uh, but this was an kind of a sure a difficult well sure. and it, i mean if they're at risk from that but they're also at risk from the virus at the same rate let's just say it's the same rate then the vaccine makes sense because there's other things that can happen to them with the virus that won't happen with the vaccine sure. now if one if if the risk is much higher with the virus then again it makes sense to do the vaccine because then you're winning on both accounts. Right. You've got less ITP and you've got less adverse events from the virus. But if if it's flip-flopped, then now you got to weigh that sort of risk versus benefit thing. You know, what's the risk that they're going to progress to severe uh, severe illness? Now, PA Lydia's patients uh, at the cancer center they're at high risk anyway. Speaking of high risk, have you all given anybody Evusheld over there yet? Not yet. Uh, I think we've had one patient get it. We should we talk about what it is. We just went live with it this week. Uh, so uh, you you might actually be uh, wiser on that front. I had the package insert open at work yesterday. <laughs> okay. And I was just trying to, f- to figure out because it's post-exposure prophylaxis. No, it's pre-exposure. Pre-exposure. Okay. So pre-exposure prophylaxis. So what is the difference in that than getting the vaccine? Right. Okay. So there are some people can't get the vaccine or there are some people who, uh, because, because of anaphylaxis or whatever, there are some people that even if they got the vaccine, they're not expected to mount a powerful immune response. That'd be people like uh, HIV patients with a low CD4 count, uh, people who have just had stem cell uh, transplant, something like that. So you give them the Evusheld, which is just basically monoclonal antibodies that have been approved for pre-exposure prophylaxis. And what it does is it gives them about four months of protection from, from infection. They won't get infected if they've got this because they've just got a buttload of, of neutralizing antibodies in their bloodstream. So it's pretty cool stuff. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. And is it an every four-month administration? I don't know that yeah. yet. I mean, it just I'm came out, so I know they give it to you. And I don't know. You might look up what the frequency is yeah, on that. Yeah, I'm looking at that now. Um, yeah. Here we go. The incidence of thrombocytopenia, low platelet count, in patients with COVID-19 has been variable across studies. Mild has been observed in up to one-third of those patients. 
but an even higher rate in patients with severe disease compared with non-severe disease. So 57% compared to 31%. So yeah, it's associated with the infection of the virus too, which makes sense. That was our hypothesis. And now it's been borne out in the literature that was from uh, something Comprehensive Clinical Medicine 2020 th that um, uh, medical journal, international medical journal. So anyway, all right. Cool. What else we got? All right. Let's try this one. Uh-oh. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I have a question. For Dr. Steve. Okay. Uh -oh. Quite anonymous. <laughs> oh, you're a robot. Dr. Steve? Yes, sir. Does this look infected? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yes. Yes. It yes. Does. Definitely. Yes, it is. Looks like, it must be removed. Pussy. Looks like uh, syphilis. Or... Yes, must be removed. <laughs> <laughs> That's our friend Cardiff Electric. Check out his podcast. It's the most surreal an odd podcast uh, that's ever been on the internet today. And uh, we broadcast out of his, you know, network studios, too. So, there you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cardiff Electric Podcast is <laughs> crazier than shit. <laughs> He's one of my favorite people in the world. All right. Um, let's see here. Hey, Dr. Steve. Uh, hello. Everybody, actually, hello. But Dr. Okay. Steve, this one's mainly for you. Thank you. Um, I have a quick question for you. So after listening to this week's podcast, uh, you guys are talking about, you know, organ donors and stuff along that line. Yes. I actually have a friend of mine that did uh, receive an organ transplant okay. and is doing very well. Good. Um, but it got me to thinking, uh, she was on a list uh, for quite some time waiting for, you know, the transplant. My question to you is, if a person is on a waiting list, for let's say a liver or kidney or whatever, and they don't see that day, and they expire before they're able to get their transplant. Yeah, which happens all the time, unfortunately. Are they able to qualify as a donor oh. moving forward? In other words, uh, yeah. like let's say their lungs are okay, or their left arm, or whatever. Are they able, even though they're on a list to receive and they expired, are they able to use any harvest parts out sure. of them? Sure, it, it depends, but uh, uh, whether their organs qualify, you have to be brain dead, and so let's talk a little bit about brain death. Back in the day, you when you stopped breathing, you were dead. Then we invented, we, I say we, the medical profession and scientists and engineers uh, invented respirators or ventilators right so now just stopping breathing isn't can't be the definition of death then uh they said well when your heart stops then you're dead well now we have acls we've got pacemakers we got stuff that, you know we can jump start somebody's heart sometimes so uh that alone can't be the only definition for death so now we define it as cessation of brain function but how do you determine that there are a series of things. We could do a whole talk about that sometime. How do you determine if someone is brain dead? But one of the definitive methods to confirm brain death is lack of blood flow to the brain. Okay. Now, uh, if you have someone that's brain dead and they're still on the ventilator, their heart's still pumping, they, we can still get oxygen from the outside to the inside, but now, but they are deceased. Those people can donate their organs. So if you had someone that was on, a, on the list for a liver because of a non-infectious reason, it couldn't be for hepatitis, but for non-alcoholic steatohepatitis or they had a chemical hepatitis, and all of those effects were gone, but only their liver remained, and then they were brain dead, I don't see any reason why they at least couldn't be screened by by the state donor services to see if they could donate a heart. Uh, they certainly could donate skin and corneas. They could mm -hmm. donate heart and lungs, kidneys, whatever, if the other things were still working. 
That would be an odd thing, but it would not be right. impossible. But if they had some infectious disease, then that would that that would knock them out of it. So I understand. Uh, before we go, you've got a question from the waiting room, Doctor Scott. That's correct. It's for PA Lydia. Would okay. You, would you consider giving prophylactic treatment to a patient who has multiple myeloma? <sighs> he hasn't vaccinated and treatment. boosted, and boosted, and boosted. Okay, sorry, I interrupted oh, you. God so. damn it! Have we waited twenty minutes for me to oh, ask that question? Yourself. <laughs> okay. I've been so excited about this I know question. What? How far we've been working <laughs> yeah, so on Braxton, and, and we get interrupted by prophylactic treatment. What? So Evershield. Oh, okay. So, okay, go ahead. So she's asking, would you give Evusheld the pro- pre-exposure prophylaxis, and what is the patient population she wants to give it to? Myeloma. Multiple myeloma who has been vaccinated and boosted. Mm, and is boosted, that correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent question. Yeah. So I guess we should uh, quickly say what multiple myeloma is. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thank Do you so it. much for the question. So uh, multiple myeloma is a disorder in which you get uh, enough mutations in one of your plasma cells in your bone marrow and your plasma cells are supposed to uh, produce immune globulins, right? But one of these plasma cells goes defunct, gets enough mutations, becomes immortal, makes more and more of itself, crowds your marrow, and you do not produce appropriate immune globulins. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. It is. Uh, so by that virtue, you're uh, quite immunosuppressed, and that's the number one cause of morbidity and mortality in myeloma patients is actually uh, dying from infection. Mm. And so for Evishield, myeloma patients are in the category one of people who should get it. That's so right. So the high, highest risk of people. But regardless um, of vaccination status. That is, re- yes, because uh, we would think that perhaps they would not mount an appropriate right. re- immune response because their plasma cells largely are not functioning appropriately. Um, so, so pre-exposure prophylaxis is not a substitute for vaccination, but... Um, can be used in people who have had a vaccine uh, if they are in that in that risk group. And it says on their website that Evershield should be administered at least two weeks after vaccination. So that would be the only caveat there. Yeah. So that's an excellent question. Yeah. Thank you. Good. So short Thank answer, you, yes. Yeah. Yes, Kim. Thank you. Oh, Kim, she's a good. She's a good. All right. Um, here we go. Hey, Dr. Steve, Jim from Massachusetts calling once again. Hey, man. Hey, I just finished listening to this week's episode, and it finally dawned on me that you're thanking about 30 people at the end of the show. <laughs> That's true. A few of which I would say most of us know, but I kind of say most of them, I have no idea who you're talking about and why they have these nicknames. Right. Any chance maybe sometime you could run through it and just explain who all these people are? No. I realize that'd probably take up a whole episode, <laughs> so maybe you could do a little at a time. It certainly would. Hey, that's, take care, Steve. Hey, thanks, Matt. No, that's the problem. Okay, so we're, we're going to do the, uh, the end credits now and the shout-outs and stuff. And we can't forget <laughs> Rob Sprance. Now, Rob... There's the, he's right. There's too many. I'm just gonna do a few of these. No, don't do it. Don't 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 fall pressure. Don't don't. No, I mean don't this. Fold, it is. Fold. It's like 30 people. Don't count fold. them. Sensei Joiner, count up how many people we're thanking at the end of the show now. Okay, and when I do them. <laughs> so Rob Sprance and Bob Kelly were the people who approached us to put the podcast on the original Riotcast network. We've now been sold and went to the laugh button where our listenership went down by two-thirds, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> totally fine. Okay. Um, Greg Hughes, everyone knows him. That's Opie. Uh, An- Opie greenlit our show. Anthony Cumia came to the very first show and told P.A. John and, and, and me that it was the best first show he'd ever heard. Of course, we never... In 17 years or whatever, 14 years we've been doing this, 15, What can I just list some other year, random numbers, number. random numbers? Um, we haven't gotten any better, but it was the best first show he'd ever heard. And then Jim Norton, Travis Teft, that Gould girl. Now, see, now, no, I'm not, it's, it's just too many of them. Okay, so are That's you ready? Are you ready <laughs> to count? Right. Okay, we'll start at the six, beginning. Yeah. Okay. So we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, 
That Gould Girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, Chowdy 1008, Eric Nagel, The Port Charlotte Whore, The Saratoga Skank, The Florida Floozy, Roland Campos, Sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, She Who Owns Pigs and Snakes. Uh, that's an interesting story. I'll tell you that one someday. Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Walken's Double, Steve Tucci, the great Rob Bartlett, Vicks Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, Casey's Wet T-Shirt, uh, Producer Chris, Carl's Deviated Septum, The Inimitable, Vincent Paulino, everybody, uh, Eric Zane, Bernie and Sid, Marketha from Arkansas's Daughter, Ron Bennington, and of course, our dear departed friends, Fez Watley and GVAC, who will never be forgotten. 37. 37? 37. Jesus. There you go. Okay. That's more friends than I actually have. <laughs> Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel true. 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time. Check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. You don't have to say anything. That's fine. Okay, all right. Not, bye. Thank you, PA. Bye. Lydia. Sure, thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you.